So I'll do a little intro and then um, and then we'll begin. So hello, everybody, and welcome to the History of Actor Training in the British Drama School podcast. Um, this morning, it's morning, it's morning for me. Is it afternoon for you, Tanmi? It's about five in the afternoon, yeah. So yes, so sort of, I suppose, hello would be the thing. Um, so I'm really, really delighted today to be talking to Tanme Danania, who uh, is a graduate of, of RADA. He'll tell us the story in a moment and has had a really interesting acting career. I mean, I, I kind of stalk you on social media and I've watched some of your movies on Netflix. So I, I kind of, I know some of what you've been up to and that both how, how, how well it's gone, I think, I mean, you can, you can tell me about that, but also how interesting your, your career has been. In I suppose would you call that sort of independent Indian cinema? Is that is that a helpful sort of? Yeah, yeah. I think you can sort of put that, yeah, under the broad category of, of the yeah of independent cinema for sure. And so what I'm curious about um, in in terms of a point of departure, Tanme, is well, firstly just to get to know you a little bit and to hear any stories you want. Oh, we've got a treat actually. So um, I, I, last week I, or the week before last, I was talking to Michael Balligan. Did you know Michael? Very, uh, not very closely. I knew Michael, like, like I think we said hi and hello to each other, but we never really had a chat or so. I, I think he was around Radha when we were training as well, and then he went on the train at Radha, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And is uh, doing really, really well. And, and I had a conversation with him, and, and it was, it's a really good podcast. I'd, I'd highly recommend it, actually. But Michael mm -hmm. spoke about various passions in that podcast, including... Um, King Lear, and I wished after. In fact, my son afterwards said, "You should have got, um, you should have got Michael to do a bit of King Lear." And I was thinking, "Yeah, that would have been really, really, really brilliant." Which is why I dropped you at the last minute um, a message this morning saying, "Could you do something for us? Could you play the flute?" Because there are all these beautiful films of you on Facebook, normally in some sort of exquisite couch somewhere, wearing wonderful clothes, doing beautiful, beautiful flute playing. Um, and also, I remember. Oh no, this was it. Actually, sorry, I'm, I'm garbling my story. Michael mentioned verse and song. One of the things he mentioned yeah. was verse and song, and we never got to explain what verse and song was on the podcast. And I remember yeah. that you you'd done my cat Jeffrey for your verse and song, so that was my first yeah. thought. But you've made a, a more interesting offer or a different offer of um, of a poem. And I thought, as so, as an experiment in this podcast, two things. One, I, I'm going to ask you at some point or find a space for you to 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 give us that, which I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> And also, I thought it was a kind of an acting experiment. So I get it. We're back. We're back in class. I want you to do it whenever you feel like the right moment comes. So I'm, we're not going to carve a space out. So if if the impulse arrives and for whatever reason it's the right thing to do, then do it. So that's what we're going to do. Well, yeah. Let's see. I mean, I don't have it uh, off the top of my head, so I'll have oh. to set it up anyway. So <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> maybe that won't quite work. But anyway, it would be lovely to hear you doing some stuff. Yeah. So, so Tanme, so tell us, tell us, let's, well, first of all, we've had a little kind of pre-chat, but you know, how, how are you? How's things? What have you been up to? Uh, no, as I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite well. Personally, I'm doing well. I'm uh, at a very sort of interesting, sort of nice space in my life and career, I would say, where I've really made a lot of peace with myself and about the kind of work I want to do. I really have got to sort of know myself more and more over the years. I mean, there's a long journey still to go. But yeah, I, I'm uh, physically quite well and like, you know, I'm, I, I feel good about things. But yeah, as I said before, also there's a, the, the, the pandemic, the, the second surge of the COVID is really uh, taking over India right now. So that's, that's quite concerning. Uh, there's people dying here, uh, especially in places like Delhi and Bombay and some other states of India. It's a pretty bad situation. 
Uh, I'm privileged, of course, to be able to sort of not get directly affected by it. Like uh, I have extended family and some friends who have COVID right now, but they are not uh, in dire need of resources or oxygen and all these things. They are. They have what they need to get through it. Uh, I haven't lost anyone close. My whole family, my whole immediate family has already got COVID once. So that kind of uh, massively sort of, I think the chances of them getting it again really comes down. But yeah, we don't know yet what's going to happen with it. So it is a tough time, but I also feel that we need to somehow adapt to it. I know it sounds very sort of matter of fact, but it's but we'd have to find a way to adapt to it and move on. Because I don't think this is just something that we need to like buckle down and get through the next few months and be fine. Uh, I, I feel like this is going to be an ongoing thing. Maybe not next year, maybe in a couple of years, some other pandemic will come, some other thing will come. I think, I think we have, <laughs> I don't want to be dark about it, I think we've entered a new era, a new age of, uh, uh, I think what the word you used was uh, apocalyptic or, yeah, like, you know, uh, something like that. So, so I think we just have to overall, uh, I think be more sustainable and like change the way we live and see if that creates a positive effect or not. Otherwise, I don't think this stopgap effect, stopgap things of like just getting vaccinated and stuff will in the long term solve a problem, so to speak. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I, I guess to, to go through things, there are several things I'm curious about. One, so maybe the theme of this podcast will be uh, what it's like being an international student in the British Drama School or certainly what it was like for you, so your experience. Yeah. Um, and and I know you you're a scientist, aren't you, Tammy? Am I right in thinking that? Yeah. Yes, uh, I, I studied nuclear engineering at uh, the University of California at Berkeley before I came to Rada. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that's fascinating. So tell me, how did you how did you make that leap? How do you go from from studying nuclear engineering at very prestigious uh, Ivy League school to to Rada? I think so. I. I come from a city called Calcutta. This is actually, that's where I am right now. Um, and I graduated high school in 2004, so a long time ago. And around that time, India had opened up quite a bit, but still we were the generation on the cusp of things where we didn't know what we could do. And uh, the option of becoming an actor just wasn't available, especially to, for a person like me from Calcutta and the kind of family I came from. So I just, I knew I'd, I'd done some theater in the high school and uh, I really loved it, but I didn't know how to pursue it or if there was any way to pursue that at all. So like any good sort of Indian student, I, I was very good at studies. Uh, I was like a topper in school. So uh, I, I looked up, I, I like chemistry. I looked up chemical engineering because I knew that I had to do engineering. My dad is an engineer. So I thought like that's the path that I have to take. There is no other way. And uh, I looked up what the number one school for chemical engineering is, and it was Cal University of California at Berkeley. And I applied there, and I, then I took my SATs, and I got full scores, and like, you know, I wrote this poem or this essay about how much I love the rain, and they loved that. And like, I got into Berkeley on a, on a scholarship. So that's how I went to Berkeley. But uh, people tell me that, oh, you kind of wasted four years of your life studying engineering because you end up being an actor. But I don't think I would be an actor today if I hadn't gone to Berkeley, because uh, Berkeley really gave me that space. Even though I was studying engineering, I started doing a lot of theater work there. And uh, I started doing department shows. And if you do department shows there, then you get college credit. And then I realized if I take one more class, 
then I get a minor in theater. So I took that class, an acting class in Berkeley, and that changed my life completely. Like, you know, I, I was like, this is what I felt in that class and the whole world that it opened up for me. Uh, and also my teachers there told me that this is what I should be doing. And they said, not because you're good, you are good, but because we've never seen you happier doing anything else. And I think that, that was very important for me to, to understand that I can follow my heart and my passion. Because again, like coming from the family I came from and back then being an Indian kid, there's a lot of aspirations you have. And like, you know, your family puts a lot of aspirations on you. You, you. It's not as free as it is now to choose whatever path you want to choose. And I think Berkeley like sort of gave me that strength to say like, right, I want to do this. I'm not happy doing anything else. And even if I don't make much money or even if I'm a complete failure at this, if I don't pursue it now with my heart, I will never be happy. So, so, that, so that was kind of like the contract I came upon with myself where uh, midway through my Berkeley sort of education, uh, I decided in my head that I'll be an actor, but I also kept on studying my engineering. I finished my degree. Even though by the end of it, my teachers and my co-engineering students kind of knew that I was an imposter <laughs> and, uh, and they kind of stopped paying that much attention to me. They just kept on saying like, please don't get too high grades because you're messing up the curve for us and you don't even want to be an engineer. So I, I happily obliged. I went from like an A plus to an A minus student. You know, I did like bits of work and, and I really like put myself into Shakespeare, into like all the other things. Uh, I mean, I can carry on if you want, or you can like interject questions. Well, because no, no, it's brilliant. It's I like really I like people. As I think I mentioned to you, I, there's no. Sometimes these are two hours long. So I mean, it's it's not a short form, and I, I'm not looking for sound bites. Or I'm really curious. So the the, the yeah. thought that that occurred to me listening to you there was, what was it in that class that that had such an effect on you? Was it, I mean, was it the um, the acting technique they were using? Was it was it the people? Was it was it simply spending time in that space? What was it that was so transformative? I think it was the, I guess the pedagogy of it, or like, you know, the fact that it's a, it's a, it's a legitimate thing. Like in acting in India is like, now it's changed a lot, but like, I think back then I just didn't know that acting is something that could be pursued in a sort of like a systematic manner, that there's a sort of history behind it, that there's a, there's a way to kind of do it and like still be passionate about it. Because for me, like when I did theater in, in high school, uh, it was about like exploding on stage, like, you know, like, wow, like these, like, it was about talent and it was about like, you know, like being these like, sort of rebellious avant-garde and like, you know, like going against society and all that. And what I liked about this class was that like, I'm an actor, like it's a profession, you know, I think it sort of gave me that, but also it really, really unlocked many things inside of me, which I had kind of kept locked up. A lot of personal experiences, a lot of things. Uh, I mean, it was therapy for me in some ways, like. Like, you know, it kind of opened up all these things that I wanted to express, which I hadn't been able to express. And I kind of just thought I have to keep it inside of me. It gave me a channel to express that. Uh, it just freed me up, I think, for lack of a better sort of way of expressing it. Like, it just really, really freed me up. I felt so happy and so uh, free in that class. And then from then on, I took a couple more classes as well. And uh, I also went to London. I'm just, I'm just recollecting now that I, there was this uh, theater program where one of our teachers took 20 of us to London and that was my first experience with, with the British theater. Uh, I remember I saw A Matter of Life and Death at the National oh, yeah. and it was magic. It was magic for me. I was like, 
what is this? You know, like they had this hospital bed swinging across the stage and people climbing this hospital bed and like this light and this and that. And I'd done theater in Calcutta, you know, and we were like pretty experimental and we were really sort of ambitious in our theater. But to see this whole industry, this whole setup, uh, really like, you know, and this whole setup making magic. For me, theater is magic, right? And it, it's, it was just magic. It was like a, watching a magic trick throughout. And I was like, wow, this is real. This, is, this exists. It showed me a new world, which I think growing up in the kind of environment I grew up in Calcutta with the family I come from, it just wasn't an option. It was like, oh, people who sort of don't get anywhere in life and are kind of good looking go into films in India and they've spoken of very like sort of badly and one in a million will make it as a star and make money. The others will like suffer and die an untimely death, which is kind of what was the case. Like and it was kind of true also at that time. And the last 10, 15 years, things have changed a lot in India as well in terms of like being a working actor, not having to be like sort of a super successful working actor, but still being able to sustain yourself. Uh, that wasn't there 10, 15 years ago in India at least. And so rightfully so, parents were very, very jittery about someone pursuing acting. And they also didn't have a clue that you could pursue it in a, in a structured manner. Like, you know, training and these kind of things were, were not, people weren't very aware of it. Obviously, there were institutions in India like NSD, National Drama and Film and Television Institute of India, FTII, there then and like some amazing people were going there. But it was just a world which was very, very separate from my world. So I think uh, there's a host of reasons, but yeah, mostly it just made me happy, I think. Yeah. And was just, just to give us a, a, a frame, really, was the, would we call it American method, what you were studying in 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 college? Was it, was it somewhere in the territory of that? Was it named as a pedagogy? Uh, it wasn't named. And I'm, I'm, I'm like sort of happy that it wasn't named. I don't think we like sort of actually studied. I think we read Uta Hagen for sure. Respect for Acting is a book I remember that wasn't like prescribed as a text to us, but it was like kind of recommended to us. And we, I, we read that. We didn't like sort of go through the book and like go through exercises within that. But then uh, I think there was scene work. From, I mean, I'm sure there were other things that happened as well. I remember this thing called the impossible task, where for 30 seconds you have to do something that's completely impossible. So like people were trying to like bite the ear or something. Mm-hmm. And I, being me, obviously decided to uh, over, overthrow the building. So I, I basically hurled myself against the wall till the teacher had to stop me, you know, because I'm like, because the way I am, I, I, I just went for it. I like really went for it. Yeah. So, so just things like that, I remember. I remember there's an exercise called what I should have said, uh, where like you kind of think about a moment where somebody wronged you or said something to you which really sort of affected you. And you did not at that moment express yourself and what you would have said if you could have. And I picked this moment where when I'd first come to Berkeley, the Indian students there, who were already Indian Americans, who were already there, they kind of had this sort of hierarchy where like I was fresh off the boat. I was a new guy. I was a new Indian who wanted to be an immigrant there. So they kind of called me FOB, you know, this term called FOB, which means fresh off the boat, which is very, very, uh, I took it very negatively. And I, I kind of like just swallowed that indignation at that point of time. But then in class, I let it rip. I remember like, you know, the kind of overwhelming feeling I had when I like actually expressed myself and totally like went for it. You know? mm. <laughs> so those things were there. And then I remember doing, uh, I forget, I forget all names. I'm really bad at this, Robert. Like, you know, but like, I forget all the names of the plays and things, but I remember I did a play, like a scene from a play. 
I don't want to name wrong names. So I'm not going to name any names. All I can remember is that when I read the play, you know, the first performance of that play, the actor was John Malkovich, who I really liked. So I was like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. And it was like, really like a, a, a scene where I'm, I come home and my, I was like 19, all of 19 at that time. But I come home and my wife is like at home and I'm drunk and I'm like throwing things, screaming at her. And my scene partner was this amazing actor called Catherine Covery, who, who's, who's also doing really well now in the States. Uh, she's a, the voice of Kamala Khan in the, the Marvel story. She's in Big Little Lies. She's in Insecure HBO. So she's also had a flourishing career. And uh, we were the, like, you know, the two, and she was also like, she's, American, but she's Iranian. She's also quite exotic looking in that respect. So we were the two sort of internationals sort of in that class. And people were kind of looked at us in a certain way. And I remember feeling that, you know, I remember feeling that feeling of importance, <laughs> so to speak. And then, yeah, then there were like, I did these department shows as well. And that really taught me a lot as well. And I, that was the first time I kind of did these massive budget shows with like sets and costume and like crazy lights and tech rehearsals and, you know, like, so much riding on this one moment and all these things. And it kind of, I, I, just, I flourished in that. I think I transferred all my exam writing skills to performing on stage, basically, because it's the same thing. It's, yeah, yeah. it's a two hour time period. You've prepped a lot for a month. And then in those two hours, it's make or break. Like, you know, like, you know, all your preparation could be for naught if you fuck up. Uh, and if not, like if something clicks, you know, you can really, really, so that's brilliant. I've never heard, I've never, nobody's ever made that, that <laughs> metaphor before. That's, that's fantastic. Also, yeah, 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 you're right. That's fantastic. Yeah. Think about it. yeah. I think they might send some students crazy, but I, I like it. I like that. <laughs> so brilliant. So thank you. So, so there we go. So that's, that's really, that's really useful. So now we know something about where that, what's happening to you in America. And then, so how do you get from, how do you get from there to RADA? What's that? How does that work? I read oh, something you said it was like a whim. Is that right? Did you, did you apply on a whim? <laughs> It was. Uh, so what happened was right after the States, I, I decided I'd become an actor. My friends from high school who I did theater with, they had started a theater group in Calcutta, which again, I, had, I just didn't know it was possible. But they, I think it's, a, I don't want to go into the history and geography of ethnicities of Calcutta and India, but basically they come from Bengali households. And Bengal, Calcutta is a very cultural hub. And like Bengali households still allow their children to pursue the arts. I come from a Marwadi household, which is a North Indian community, which is very much like a trading community, which is not, it's not allowed. Like any music, any art is not allowed in our community and nobody becomes an artist. Everybody becomes, like takes over the family business and kind of carries that forward. So that wasn't available to me, that option. And I really didn't think that my friends would have the gumption to start a theater group, but they did. And I was like, this is amazing. And it became uh, it was already quite sort of on the on the way, like it was kind of a very interesting new theater group called Tin Can, which uh, was one of its kind because it was an urban theater group. But yet at the same time, we weren't just doing English theater, like which is all about at that point of time, trying to get an RP going and like, you know, like, and, and actually I didn't get that at that time. I didn't, I wasn't casting these shows because my English wasn't good enough. Uh, or there was this folk Bangla theater form, you know, which is very much like this is our earth, this is our dirt, we will stay in the dirt and we won't make money out of this. This is our, our like, you know, thing. And we, our group, Tin Can, kind of started this whole movement where we combined all these things. We got English theatre together, we got Hindi theatre, we got Bangla theatre, all these different sort of strands together. And it was a youth-based group. Like the people who started it, my friends were 20 at the time that they started it. I finished studying in the States, I went back to Calcutta and I joined this group. 
So Kanti, Shomo Kanti Devishash was the writer-director of our group. Tanaji Dasgupta was an actor, producer, writer, director as well. And I came on board as one of the actors and also as a producer, so to speak. And then we had the cream of Calcutta at that time in terms of youth, young people, in terms of music, in terms of designers, in terms of, I think a lot of these people you wouldn't know, and I think the English audience wouldn't know about, but they're doing amazing work in cinema in India right now. All of these people are like with music as well. They're very well-known people around India. So we were really lucky. It was like a zeitgeist that happened. And I kind of just came from the States and joined the zeitgeist. So we were broke as fuck. Like we didn't make much money. We were all teaching in schools to get by, like, you know, like teaching theater in schools and stuff like that. And we do theater and we'd like make, say, like 50 pounds for a show. And then like spend 10 pounds of that, that night drinking alcohol. And like, you know, and we were just sort of like these sort of young, uh, tear away, sort of like, you know, people in Calcutta. We had a huge following of people. Uh, sounds and wonderful, by the way. It sounds wonderful. It, it, it was heady times. It was great. It was like, and there was like a, yeah, it, it was it was a really powerful time to be. We were all rebelling. I mean, I was rebelling the most against my family, uh, but like a lot of us were rebelling against family members and, you know, like people were trying to say, no, you've got to stop this and start doing something worthwhile with your life. And But then what happened was we realized that this is not sustainable, right? So we, we all had to kind of find ways to make ourselves more sustainable. And the way to do it in India is to do film work, to get into like sort of like the screen stuff. And it, it just proved to be much more difficult at that time because this is pre-WhatsApp, this is pre-like sort of internet being available on phones. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to send an audition, you have to send a tape, like a physical tape, like self-taping, like this is like, because India 15 years ago was like England 50 years ago. That's how much we've come. So it was like, like physically we had to send like CDs to like addresses of casting directors, you know? It was really random. It was like, there was no social media and stuff like that. So, so we just didn't know how to go about it. And being from Calcutta and being a Hindi speaker from Calcutta, I didn't know Bangla. Uh, I got cast in a Bangla film, but it was just terrible. Like I just didn't like what was happening. So I was at a loss as to what to do, which is when I spoke to my friend Tom and uh, they're, they're British and they, I met them in, uh, in the States doing a play. They're an actor as well. And they're like a huge influence on my life. And they, they told me that, hey, what are you doing? Apply to RADA. And this is like 10 days before my, my uh, shoot is supposed to start, like my first film in, in, in Bengal. And I said, but, but you know, I mean, like, you know, you know how I speak, like, I don't know if I can get in, like, you know, I don't, they don't even cast me in English plays here. Like, you know, so I am like, RADA, I can't afford it. Like all these things I kind of like said. And they said, uh, don't worry about it. You come, you figure out a way to get to London. You can stay with me. Uh, you apply, get that first amount of money together. And then we'll see. So that's how kind of Rada came about. And also, I didn't really apply anywhere else. It was a shot in the dark. Uh, I kind of made this pact with the devil with my dad. I told him that you sort of, you just help me with the money for this first for to apply Rada. And I said, if I don't get in, then I'll work with you. I'll give up acting and I'll work with you. Mm. And if I do get in, then we'll see, you know. And my dad took that bet. Like he, like, you know, he researched and he saw like how many people apply and like how many people get in. He's like, ah, no chance that he'll get in. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, you know, I went there. I had a I had a an ex-girlfriend also there in London, like, you know, so I stayed with her as well. I stayed with Tom, survived on like eggs and bread and beans, like, you know, for a month. I just went through these rounds of auditions and and I still believe that I got in because I had so much fun. 
especially the third and fourth round of auditions, the three-hour, nine-hour workshop. Mm. I was in La La Land, I remember, because I was just, my mouth was open. Like, I was like, wow, there was these amazing actors from all over the world and these amazing teachers. And I got to spend a day at Radha, I remember. Mm. Like, you know, training with all these amazing people. And I really felt at the end of the day, I felt so happy and satisfied, but I knew I hadn't got it. I was like, there's no way I've gotten in because there was people who did some amazing work and like did so many creative things. And then when I got in, I was really surprised. And then they told me that I got in because uh, they were looking for listeners mm. and uh, they weren't looking for performers. And I, I was just so into the whole thing that I think they noticed that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's other stories about the audition as well, which I don't, I mean, like we'll, we'll be here all night if I get into like all these things. I mean, I'll just tell you one quick anecdote actually. Yeah. So, in the second round, we have to sing, right? Uh-huh. And I am terrible at singing, like, you know. Uh, and especially, like, singing English songs, I just knew I wouldn't make the cut. So I cheated. And I sang a song in an Indian language, not even Hindi. I sang it in Bhojpuri. And it's a really high song. It really goes like, yes, like that. So it just hits these high, crazy notes. And so, you know, you can cheat. When you're hitting high, crazy notes, you can just cheat and just, like, go for it. And pretend that that's the right thing. So I, I practiced that song with my friends in Musician India. And I went for it. And so a very sad story behind it was this song. So I sang this song full out. And then uh, they asked me the story behind it. And then I expressed the story. Uh, and I saw one person in the, in, the, in the audition committee like crying. And I was like, ah, oh, this is <laughs> <laughs> the second round. Uh, so it, it was very interesting like I think uh, but also again later on I found out that they don't want to get like perfect singers they want to see if you can express yourself through song through your voice so I think that way like I had a strong voice at least so they, they you know that, that kind of helped as well yeah. so I think that's how Rada happened for me like I think uh, I didn't do any research Rada is the one place I had heard of beforehand uh, it's the one place that actually most people around the world had heard of, you know, like Lambda, Gildor, people have heard of, but Rada is the place that people sort of talk about. So for me, it was just sort of this idea, same as Berkeley was an idea before I went there. Like, you know, I was like, okay, Rada. So that's how, and then, yeah, and then I got in. Yeah, so that's brilliant. So so it's a it's a place for you to to pursue your ambition. It's it's a, it's an idea. It's, a, it's, it's something that offers itself to you. Um, and it has a, 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 a sort of a particular... Or you feel there's a possibility. You've heard of it, so it's got a, it's got yeah. some kind of capital, I suppose. If we were using the language yeah. of sociology, and so that's something you're interested in as an artist, and also perhaps professionally, there's something, something to do with legitimacy. You mentioned that word of legitimate early on. All of that is kind of swirling around those four letters. Would that be fair to say? Yes, yes, definitely. It's also sort of, sort of an easy. It's like sort of saying like, okay. Uh, I want to open a bank account, you know, so like, I don't know what the top Barclays, you know, like you, you kind of just go for yeah, the yeah. first head. I want to buy uh, like a cereal, Kellogg's, you know, like it, it was like that. So there was a brand recognition behind it. Yeah, and you yeah. kind of have to distrust it because again, there were, it was, there was much less access back then. So I didn't know who to go to, especially for somebody like me, like, you know, like I didn't know who to go to, who to talk to about it, like in, to be very honest, and this is not a put down of Rada at all, but I think if I had known what Rada was uh, before going to it, I probably wouldn't have applied to it. Because mm-hmm. I came from a very experimental background. 
Mm. And I really wanted to sort of like, you know, make theater. I was like, I wanted to make it be a theater maker. And I thought like, you know, we're going to sort of like do all this experimental work, like uh, more sort of Lecoq kind of based, I, I suppose, or like more like Lispa kind of based kind of training, which is a lot, mm. a lot of Indian students go to Lispa, for example. Um, so that's what I thought I was getting into. I didn't know there was this whole classical kind of thing where it's actually just about being an actor, like, you know, being a person, like a, a medium or like a tool or like, like a person who sort of is there to serve the text, so to speak, you know. Mm. But having said that, I am really happy. It was like, it was, and same with Berkeley also, I think. I, 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 it was a lucky thing that happened to me. Whereas I, I wouldn't have probably gone there for any other reason except for the fact that like I found this online, this, this sort of thing about it being the best school for engineering. And same with Rada, like, you know, like, I can assume it's the best school. And I think I got a lot out of it. I got a lot of amazing things from Rada as well. But like, I probably wouldn't be a screen actor today if it wasn't for Rada. I'd probably be making some theater in some like obscure town in Belgium. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> but, so when you say... So when you say if you if you'd have known what it was before you went, you might not have gone. Are you happy that you had that accident? So are you look? Do you mean looking back at yeah. that moment, you would have made a different decision? But now, yeah. in some ways, that served that served yeah. you. Yeah, I'm, so I'm happy that like that didn't happen. I'm happy that gotcha. I didn't know, didn't find out much about Radha. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy they didn't communicate what they were to you. Um, um, yeah. not competently. I, I would, yeah, I would have serendipity. This is not the place for me. And I, and I think that's what like when I was in Radha as well. I was much. I think it was, and it's not to do with, the, with who was around me, but it, I found it because I was a graduate as well. A lot of young people came into our year. Yeah. So I found it harder to relate to them in as much as like, you know, I could relate much more to the people in the master's program. So there was another thought that came to my head, or oh, maybe I should have the master's program. Yeah. But I think if I'd done the master's program, I would have probably got an agent like the way I did or like got like the English television work that I did, you know, like the, the three-year training at least is really sort of, gives you that sort of proper training and kind of gives you that access to many things. So in that way, I feel lucky for sure. Because, you know, just to, just to mention that it's interesting maybe for listeners that this, the big, one of the big debates that's circling around the drama school, I think at the moment and around the conservatoire in particular is that it's, I think it's changing to become a thing where people are also trained to be makers. So in a way, if you went to RADA now, or you went to Lambda now, I think probably more of those things would be, offered to you and, I, and I'm still wondering I mean, I'm, I'm in two minds just personally about whether there's a place where people train thoroughly to be actors uh, and whether that can sit alongside other forms of training I mean it feels like we're moving in a particular direction but that's that's up, that's up for grabs so I, so what you're describing is very current I think um, I think yeah, yeah I think I think that's required I think it's, it's sort of really required now I think a lot of the conversations that have been happening about being actors of color, being like ethnic actors, like, you know, that whole RP thing and all these things, they come about because actors, for good or for bad, are seen as like sort of people who have to execute in some ways, right? Like you, you kind of have to like go and serve the text and be these amazing tools who can like sort of do many things with it. But with actors like us, there's always a glass ceiling that you come across. And then like, you know, you can't really sort of do anything more. Like you kind of end up playing sort of uh, I think uh, you, you kind of play, end up playing somebody else's perception of who you're supposed to be. So unless you write it yourself, you know, I think, or like make it yourself, like, you know, or kind of express it yourself, it's very hard. Like as an Indian actor in India, I can still be a tool, I can like sort of serve the text. But as an Indian actor abroad, 
I found that like, you know, I kind of had to sort of fit into these sort of spaces that were already there. Like you can't really create a new space unless you make it yourself. And, and now we, we see people like Michael Akoel, like, you know, Rami Yusuf, like who kind of have their own TV shows because they didn't have that space. Even Phoebe Oliver-Bridge, even though she's white and like, you know, it's different for her, but like she trained a Rada, but she didn't really get a space to like be like a regular actor, I suppose, in, in that context. So then she had to sort of take matters in her own hands. And I think, I think there is, there is a, a way I feel that, that or, or at least people should be, students should be aware that they can take matters into their own hands and they can tell their own stories as well. That space should be available to them because otherwise you can, sometimes what also happens is you get work for the first five, 10 years of your career and then you don't get any more. Like once the youth goes away, like, you know, once whatever, like you, know, you kind of like have this sort of, your, the earth is pulled from under you, the rug is pulled from under you. So that, that kind of can really leave you stranded. And then you see actors, and I, I, I mean, there's a guy in actors who come to mind from India who are going through that right now, my friends, who, who sort of had such an amazing start of their careers, but now they're in their sort of mid to late 30s. And because they don't know anything else, and they, they're not makers, they're kind of stuck because they're not getting work. So once you don't get work as an actor, then what do you do? And I think that that should be sort of something that we talk about, not just in terms of, okay, then you can like do waitressing or like you can do admin work and all that. But in terms of being in the same field, you know, what can you do? Like, what can, can you make something? Can you get people together? Can you produce? Can you direct? Can you like, what can you, can you write? You know, can you be part of, of making of something? Like what else can you sort of put yourself into and then not have these sort of clear delineated structures as well, that this is who you are. One of the reasons why the work that I do in, in Indian independent cinema is really interesting and is sort of new and kind of has changed many things in India is because I refuse to sort of just be slotted as an actor in the films that I make. I call them, I say I'm a maker of these films as well. Because when I work on a film in India, I am on board from a scripting time. The director wants to work with me. We like sort of develop the script together. I help in like getting all the other actors together. I workshop with the actors. I train, like, you know, I'm the acting coach as well. And then like, you know, I go through my own process of building this character and telling this story. And that kind of is, has been really amazing for me. And, and then still within that, I can, I can kind of do the acting work as well and serve the text and kind of be present for telling the story that the director and the writer wants to tell. But I'm, I'm sort of an equal uh, creator with them rather than a mercenary. You know, which also I do. I, yeah. Is that when you work yeah. with Q or is that when you work with, with, do you insist on that role? I've never really heard of that. I mean, obviously these, these ideas are not, are not impossible things for me to imagine, but, but I've never really heard anyone describe that process. That's completely fascinating. I mean, it's something, again, it, it's something that I won't say I have come up with, but like, it's, it's a very particular process that I am known for in India. Like, you know, that, that like, you know, people kind of respect that about me. There are other people who do it as well. I mean, in the West, there are people like, say, uh, names, <laughs> so bad with names. But then, you know, the, the film, the, the actor filmmakers, all of the ones who are like, kind of like, kind of like, you know, like, I, I mean, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Michael Akoel, like, you know, that kind of thing, you know. So that's similar kind of process, but I'm not the writer or director of it, for sure. But yeah. I am a creator. I, I make these things happen. I make the connections. I bring these people together. I'm part of the formation of the team. And I think this uh, process is something that we have made. 
So it's not just, it's not something I insist upon, of course, but it's just, I'm lucky that the directors who work with me give me that space. Uh, I know that I am good at that and I can, I can do something with that. And, you know, trust me with that. And a lot of the mainstream directors also like, because there is no space like that. That's why I haven't done a lot of mainstream work in India. It's changing now. Now people kind of are more aware of my work and they kind of try to, try to fit me into some sort of way. I just did a film which is kind of like not quite independent, but not quite commercial. It's kind of like trying to straddle both worlds. And I, I got it because the director saw my work in Catch Sticks, which is a very purely independent film, which I made with my friends from high school, Kanti Tanaji and this guy called Ronnie, who's a, who's a photographer, which we developed for four or five years before we started shooting it. Like it was a long, long process. It took a long time to get it to where it was. And people sort of know that what I went through for that process. And I kind of like really experimented. I really like went a bit nuts with the weight loss. I was being a heroin addict. So I really, mm. really went to extremes because I wanted to explore that. And I think that space is where I thrive. Obviously, I want to make money. I'm not going to lie about it. Like, you know, like, so if I can use that to then get a film where I get paid at like 10 times that amount of money, I'll do it, you know. Uh, I, I, I've done like not great work also uh, in India. I've done some like commercial work, which is not great for lack of a better term. Uh, but like, yeah, I got paid a lot. They knew what I stood for. They like made it painless for me. They said it's three weeks. You come in here, you do the least amount of work, you get the most amount of money, you get out. And like, you know, this is what we need from you. And I executed, I was a mercenary. I made enough money. And I could like, you know, then do my experimental projects after that. So I think a balance is required, but uh, I've been lucky. I think, I think that's one way of putting it. I've been lucky and also because of the perspective I got from being in the States, being in the UK, and then coming back to India uh, and wanting to do something different, wanting to do something which was, which, where I was relevant. That's one of the reasons why I didn't stay in the States or in the UK, because I just felt that I, even if I make more money there, and maybe I could do experimental work also there, the relevance I have in my own country uh, because of many reasons, because of the context that I understand and people here will understand and what I can play in terms of class, in terms of structure, in terms of uh, accents, in terms of people from different parts of India. Like there's like, same as London, there's like five accents in Calcutta. But like, you know, in the, in the UK or the US, there'll be like the one Indian accent, right? And so, so that kind of specificity like I, I could only attain here. And, and that's like what you dream of, right? As an actor, you want to sort of, like as an artist, you want to get that, specific, as a musician, you want to get into like much more sort of deeper specificities about the work and like, you know, like get that fine tuning there and all that. So like my work as an artist, as an actor, for me was unfulfilled, I think, or would have been unfulfilled there because I would just have to always contextualize it with me being an Indian actor firstly, and also like make things which was palatable and edible to an audience which will not understand the context fully, which is not their fault. It's the same as in India, like people will not understand that there's five different accents in London. Yeah, yeah. They might if they go to Radha and shade there and they'll understand the RP and the, the, the sort of the London accent is two different like languages basically. But mm -hmm. uh, otherwise people just sort of have this idea of what like white people speak like. So, so I was funny, you were, I'm just smiling because I, I was watching, um, re-watching Brahman Naman in my, um, in my yeah. terrible hotel room in Sidcup um last week and it's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking about the specificity of it and the, yeah. the movement from different cities and the fact that the three of you, lovely performances by the way, I really enjoyed watching it again. Um 
it's so it's so precise and so specific. And although I, 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 I have some sort of kind of be- beginner's GCSE knowledge of 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 what a Brahman is, um, no, I don't, I don't know that world at all. And it was so precise and so specific. And I, I, I was, I was musing on that very thing, watching, watching the film. Yeah. I mean, I'm watching it as an outsider, I suppose. So it's like watching a, a culture that I, I don't understand, yeah. but I'm enjoying, enjoying that, and just, enjoy, you know, fascinated by that. Good. So we've got to go back now. So you've got into we've got it got you into Rada. It's not you don't know quite know what it is, actually. And in some ways, yeah. if you had known at that point, you might have made a different decision. But nonetheless, there you are. Um, you're a graduate, um, you're an international student, you find yourself in this thing. And the and the Rada that you know, I think was kind of, I mean, Ed Ed Kemp had taken over a few years beforehand. There'd been some changes, but essentially it was the Rada of um it was the rather yeah. of the pre Nic- Nicholas Barter. So Nicholas Barter had been there for a number of years, and essentially, I think it was sort of Nicholas Barter's rather. And so that's a sort of, I don't know, a sort of eighties, nineties model of actor training. I think is the one that you that you landed in. So maybe now, in any way you want to take us through that 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 training, things that were things that were useful, things that were things that you look back on. I mean, just tell us the story of your training from a sort of pedagogical point of view. I think. Uh... What was, uh, I think it was, it really was amazing for me in many, many ways. Like uh, with the training itself, I think just like sort of having that first year of breath and voice and, you know, all these amazing sort of spaces, like, you know, that I could just sort of inhabit without that anxiety of like, okay, I have to perform now or like I have to kind of do something about things. I think that that was really amazing for me like uh, the, the different things that we did uh, the different classes that we had um, as I said before what I, I I found it difficult to connect with uh, a lot of my year who I became great friends with by the end of it but like I think because it was just a very different context that we came from which year were you there, Tanmay? I'm so sorry, but I suddenly occurred to me. 2010. 2010 is when I started. 2013, I graduated. 2010, thank you. So uh, so, so I think uh, there was the separation. Also, what, what was difficult for me was being clubbed with uh, Naeem and Parth because we were all brown. And there was actually not that much similarities between us. And, and, and actually, like being somebody British... Uh, as opposed to being somebody Indian, is very different, even if you are of the same skin color. So, you know, like, uh, so I identified more with someone like Will Alexander, who came from New Zealand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, like, had sort of, was slightly older and had, like, you know, done some work before. So, anyway, so I think there were, like, it was kind of a very strange ride, because I kind of thought, assumed that I, I've already been to the States, so I know what this Western pedagogy is, and I can, like, sort of, like, really be part of this whole system, but... I realized that actually I felt very lost. It was very difficult for me. London, especially like being like my, my personal life also was very hard for me to like come to London and like uh, it was exhausting as well. It was very difficult. And I, again, to be very honest, I'll let you into a little secret now. I I couldn't understand anybody. And I, had, I used to pretend that I understood people uh, when I first came to London. And I was training at Rada in English, you know, like, and it was, and I'm not just talking about Peter Hanna, like, you know, who, who, who I did not understand at all. Peter Hanna, his Glaswegian accent, like, I remember when he said, like, something about time, and I'm like, he must be joking. Like, that can't be a real thing. That's how people speak. But, but even, like, the, 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 I could understand 
like in classes when you spoke to me because you know like it was i could understand that english but like after that at the pub at the malbra people like doing the banter thing you know and this quick talking and like i just could not catch up i could not i did not understand what was going on and i remember like i would laugh at certain intervals to show them that i am understanding what is going on mm. and i think a couple of times i laughed at times when i shouldn't have laughed at and they looked at me weirdly so so anyway so that it was a it was a an interesting time for me it took me some time to get my ear attuned with like the different accents and like you know like and to understand things so i was really lost actually to be very honest uh, but i i i loved what was going on with my body i loved how the space that was being created in terms of breath in terms of like you know the physical stuff as well i liked like i the physical part i knew i i, I had some physical training in india so i liked the movement classes and stuff i liked getting into it and like sort of really expressing myself through my body uh and i actually also really liked uh from the second year when we got, got into the greeks and the shakespeare i liked the classical texts as well and i loved my acting class with john uh i loved the sort of the way we kind of set it up as well like you know the way the first thing we did was talking about ourselves then like setting up the room exercises all those things i really found beautiful amazing things which i still discover now in my acting like you know things from there like you know like which click or something that comes into being like all the ideas of acting not being performing which is the kind of sort of backdrop that you come from in india but like being you know like kind of sort of you just have to be in the moment and like and, and sort of acting being something which you do to the other person rather than you kind of do to the audience so those kind of things small small things i mean i don't want, i don't remember actually the full details of all these things that happened but i remember like going through it bit by bit and really enjoying all of it and, and it making sense as well like you know and i i loved the fact that we didn't uh, have any textbooks i loved the fact that like you know it was all about especially for me because i came from a very intellectual background of like sort of engineering of being like right i want to make something i want to make something interesting i want to make something experimental and john especially worked with me a lot in terms of getting me out of my head and getting me into my body into my gut and i think that's again something which i still use and i use a lot actually in my work now a lot of my work that i do now with film is based on physically changing myself or physically putting myself under situations which then mentally change me so i don't like to call it method or whatever but like because it doesn't actually it's not it's more like i guess you could call it check off michael check off kind of like you know like that sensation based thing you know um like wearing those clothes and stuff not to show somebody that you are this person but for you to feel that you are this person or for people to react differently to you uh, and that changes you as well so i think i i liked all these things i liked that it wasn't technical i liked that it wasn't uh text based like i loved the fact that we had so much text in terms of like the poetry you know your classes you know like the verse and song i i mean people hated verse and song but i had nothing to lose because i was a terrible singer anyway and i love poetry so like you know like getting these amazing texts and i love text i love literature i love like hindi english bangla like all languages i love them and like getting these amazing texts day after day and like i felt i could wallow in that you know that was one of the most amazing things for me at rada uh in terms of training itself i'm trying to get it back on track in terms of training i know i'm like sort of going getting more personal about it but uh no no it's great it's there, there were like yeah there were obviously certain things which kind of were like strange to me as in like as in i didn't understand why we have to do that you know like you know this like the 16th century dancing for example but which i kind of 
understand it now as a way for an actor to kind of make those synaptic connections between your brain and your body is coordination basically you know like it helps it does help in film actually because you have to go and you have to kind of like you know pick up this glass of water at the same time to do your dialogue and you hit your mark and you have to do the same thing all over again so these things are very technical things that an actor needs to do but has to sort of forget about because you have to still have to be truthful to the scene and to what is happening and with your scene partner but yet you have to do all these things which are always happening so i guess like you know i think that physical and the, the, the vocal training of course like you know i love i love your classes like i mean i think i've made that very clear like from the beginning i, I loved how again that was physical first i loved how you made voice about like the body and that this is your tool and this is your instrument and and i still do it i still have your handouts and i i, I work with them who pop pop up eat eat and all those that i still work with them uh so i i i i i feel very lucky uh about that i also like like to mention daryl moulton our our my singing teacher yeah yeah he taught me so much about things and it was very interesting because daryl was somebody who was very old school he's yeah. not even 80s he's a 50s kind of person yeah yeah and, uh, and there were some like controversial things he would say now and then <laughs> but uh i just learned so much from him not just about singing but about again the pedagogy about like about how you learn and why you learn in the way you learn like he taught me the four stages of learning like unconscious incompetence uh unconscious com- uh, conscious conscious incompetence conscious competence unconscious incompetence you know which i still use and i work with my students on it and i can understand now like you know, where i stand in, within that uh so there were like amazing things. francine i remember like you know she was like a mind reader like she could just look at your body and just tell you exactly who you were as a person uh and so i could tell then that there is something there you know the specificity of physicality because i am also like considered a very physical actor now in india like in like my physicality is sort of spoken about and how i use my body in different ways and how i change is really talked about and i know that a lot of that came from that specificity that i know that even like a finger here changes who you are changes what you're trying to say doesn't mean that you have to kind of like make those small adjustments while you're acting but like the fact that like you know there is a lot of work that you can do uh so i think i guess like if i had to sort of sum it up in that respect i got a lot of tools from rana but because the teachers i think you were an exception uh maybe a couple others were exceptions but like you know the teachers just didn't understand uh the context of where i came from that i these tools i could not then use in a way to then show them that what i had learned or that like you know like this is what so like when i could express as a physically then i could still do it but like vocally like even though like i went through a long journey and like you know like i went through a long process and like i really found my voice i felt and i felt like i did some really good work also vocally but i i just could not i think make characters which would be sort of palatable to 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 people there like you know and that's why i would do something like peter pan to work very experimental mm-hmm. and then i could like sort of really go for it mm-hmm. and be physical about it and kind of really like sort of not hold back but like to play real characters i found very difficult because i didn't have the context to play like a, somebody from an oxford in the 1880s and i could not show you an indian man who grew up in a broken home in 1990s calcutta because you wouldn't understand that 
So that was where like I kind of felt that you know there were the cracks were emerging and like and, and and I think like some teachers who did not understand that were kind of trying to push me into like trying to get an RP, trying to like they thought that would solve my issues. Like if I like sort of like gave them the context they were looking for in me, that I would then be solved or something. So I think that confusion was again, I'm not, I'm not saying I was right all along. Like I think I also didn't know myself. I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't have the the kind of vocabulary I have now to express myself in terms of uh, what that was like and how I could have sort of changed that or what I could have said. A couple of times, obviously, like, you know, you encouraged me and I kind of spoke up about like what I felt and how like, you know, I felt about certain things. But also I do understand that like they were not trying to sort of harm me. They were doing it because they thought that would help me. Like there was a system already in place with British theatre and British sort of film or whatever, where like, you know, like if you kind of ticked all these boxes, then you would get work as an international actor, as an Indian actor, an actor of color, all these terms, which are very, I think, sort of dicey nowadays. Uh, so that, I think I felt always like an outsider, I'd rather, to be very honest. I never felt totally part of the system, but I'm okay with that as well. It was, I'm not sort of saying that, oh, I got wrong by that. I think like I was an outsider. Uh, even like, you know, like, so I am close to people in my year now, but like, I never felt while I was training that I was really part of the gang, uh, which is not a bad thing also. Like, again, I, I was older. I was also kind of like, I also looked on my nose also like, like oh, these young kids, you know, like, you know, like I, I kind of stayed apart in my own way as well. And uh, yeah, I, I think uh, there were many, many, Things which, which again, now my body picked up while I was there, which I'm really thankful for to Rara. And I think that that kind of still shows in my work, not in the easy way that people would assume that, oh, he went to Rara, so now if you have to do a monologue in English, he'll be great at it. That doesn't translate that well, actually. <laughs> you know, but many other things, like physical things, the specificities, the working with, with, with a co-actor, really trying to change the co-actor, being in the moment, like all these things, I think I, I my body learned at Rada. Maybe like I didn't sort of understand it mentally. And I'm glad I didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I didn't like understand, okay, this is Meisner. This is Chekhov. This is Stanislavski. I think we did a lot of exercises and we did a lot of uh, scene work. Uh, Chris Heinemann, was that the... the yeah, improv. Improv. I yeah, love yeah, this class. Yeah. I love this classes because I learned about acting also and I learned it was okay to kind of we are off text, you know, I was, it was okay to not just be on this, the rail lines, you know, like you could sort of experiment with that. So I don't like kind of babbling, but I, I just tend to, I, I can't express my experience of Rada in a logical manner because it wasn't how I received it. Even though the teaching was very logical and very pedagogical and like sort of was very kind of structured and there was a thought behind it, but I took it as like literally me sort of entering the sea and giving myself up to it. The one thing that I had going for me was that I was always open. I never shut myself off. Even if things that I didn't like or felt was weird, I would physically and mentally and emotionally kind of subsume myself in that. Because I was like, I, this is my one life to live kind of thing. Like I, I need to take as much as I can and be a sponge there. So that's how I took it in. Uh, I should probably make a little confession here. <laughs> 
which is that anybody who's trained with me over the, since I taught you, and there would be quite a lot of people, has received a story, which I always, I always tell about you. And I, and I sort of wonder, I'm sort of feeling, feeling conflicted now because I'm wondering if it's a true story. Because you know the way, I mean, what, basically what you just said is, yeah. is, what I, is what I tell people. And I, so I'll tell you the story I tell about you, and you can tell me if it's a, if it's a yeah. sort of a, a misrepresentation. So I often say to people, you know, yeah. if I have a student who's going through a difficult process, so yeah. often people are... I'll say, well, look, it, really interesting. Let me tell you a story. So I had this um, student at RADA called, called Tanmay. He's done rather well. And Tanmay was a fascinating man, and I, and I was very fond of him as a student. And I, he, he was very interesting because the year he was in was a, was a difficult year. I, and like this is a story, so I, I exaggerate a little bit. And I don't know if I'm exaggerating, but I say, so it was a particularly difficult year, and there was some stuff going on in the institution, and there was a succession of difficult shows, and people were often quite grumpy and unhappy, and there was quite a lot of sort of storm and stress and and Tanmay never seemed to be affected by it so i asked him one day i said Tanmay, how are you how are you doing this like what's your what's your secret and Tanmay said to me i have a i have a rule i have a principle it's very very simple so whatever process i'm in whatever director i'm working with whatever text i'm working on um whatever's going on i just i just i open myself up to it i i, I go along with it i i agree to the proposals i keep myself alive inside it i think it's i think it's a good thing and I reserve judgment until the, until the, until the last night party. I wait until the very end of it, and then I decide whether or not I ever want to work with that person again, or whether I thought it was a terrible player, whether I hate that actor. Is that a true story? Have I, or have I kind of? Is yeah, that... yeah, yeah. I remember the moment also. I forget which play it was. It was a difficult play, a difficult uh -huh. director. And I think you wanted to find out how, how you said, like you know, how's it going? How's it going? Uh, and I was like, yeah, it's it's good. And you're like, yeah, but how's it going? And then I said, uh, I said something to the effect of, I can't break trust because I, that's something that I know that that's what makes things work as well. Like, even if you're not having a great time with somebody, you still have to trust them while working and you have to trust that whatever's being made is going to work. Otherwise, you're kind of, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, then it won't work. And that's what something, yeah, that's something I don't like actually about, I, if I say British actors, I'll be like killed. But it is, I think it is a British actor thing where there's a lot of binging. There's a lot of like, oh. like a lot of like after, like, you know, after rehearsal, like drinks yeah. in the pub. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Uh, like, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> but like, I know, but like, come on, let's like, and at least don't tell people outside. You know, maybe within your group, you can kind uh -huh. of figure it out and find a way to kind of make it work. And there was this, I don't know, there was, I mean, yeah, there was, there was a lot of like, yeah, there were people and there were like students and there were, yeah, it was kind of like it was, and I, I stayed away from it because it would just affect my mental space as well. So I kind of, uh, I had to, uh, but this is not to say, I mean, I love them all. I love them dearly. Uh, I'm not in touch with a lot of them, actually. Some people are doing amazing things. Some people are, you know, I think they moved on. They don't act or like, you know. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of, again, I want to, if you're listening, I, I love you all and I really wish you the best. I really mean that I'm not just saying that but yeah there, it was a tough time for me because I felt like an outsider and I felt like oh and I, I just didn't want to be part of this you know I didn't want to be part of the whole sort of like you know like talking shit about you know and also this whole thing like you know people are being nice on the surface to somebody and then immediately afterwards and it, there was scapegoats made as well and I did fall prey to this I'm not going to name names but like there was a play and there was one amazing actor in, in that play uh, but she was one of the younger ones and people just sort of were finding fault with her with everything. And like they convinced me that like I should find fault with her as well. But 
she was amazing and she is actually a very beautiful person as well and i really sort of fought my way through with myself also to like just trust her and the work turned out to be amazing you know i i think that 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 shows you something i'm not saying it's a magic formula obviously like you can like think and it happened in my films as well like where you think oh my god what an amazing process this film was and then what comes out is shit like you know you don't know why it happens and through a lot of turmoil sometimes good stuff can be made yeah but i just didn't like that i didn't like that thing and for me i had more to lose i feel because i was like i'm international i'm here for work i need to work i need to like you know like i need to do this uh i i i need to like sort of really get as much as i can from this you know so yeah so so yeah that that story is true and i think i still believe in that i think on sets and stuff i think i mean i don't get time nowadays to like talk shit about people because uh, uh, like you know you're just you're working and you're working so intimately with all these people like yeah so it's true actually with this last film also like uh, i only opened up after the last day of shoot and then the bts people got me and and then i i let it rip a little bit but uh, otherwise i i don't i don't speak about even things that are not working you know i mean i mean like i will speak about things with a poet like hey i don't think this is working like let's like try it this way that way but like in a very constructive manner i will sort of raise my concerns always my instincts i'll always sort of follow and i'll kind of present it to the people i'm working with but uh yeah this whole i don't i just don't understand it i don't understand this whole like tax stabbing this whole thing this like you know and it, it was kind of like that i don't know why it was like that i didn't expect that i heard that it's like that i thought uh, that i i drama school can be quite competitive and all this and all that but i didn't understand it and i just didn't understand why again there were some actors who had that with me who weren't even in my same casting bracket like you know some non white actor actually i was pretty close to path nahim by the end but like you know the i'm going not going to name these actors but there were some actors who had just something against me something like you know some weird like you know competition and i'm like why like you know what if like it was just like in terms of like many things but it was i think it was just a folly of youth i suppose i don't know and i yeah. i felt it as well i think it's just that it's such a dramatic time and you're so vulnerable and you kind of like you know like being open all the time and like these jealousies jealousies are like you know things you can't control like these things come in and then you feel like you can do this and you can like kind of make this and you can make these and human beings are like that they gossip and they make groups and they kind of become friends by like gossiping about third person and all that so yeah so because i was in a house full of people which is very separate from radha i lived with six people in london who were friends of mine from the states and i had that separate life going on so i was lucky that way also tom me one of them tom was one of the house to go ah who you met who who you was part of the reason why you came to london he was he was yeah. directly connected to it It's interesting isn't it gossip as a social as a as a tool of social cohesion because it's both it's nice to gossip with somebody about somebody else but it's also simultaneously destructive. I think that's a that's a really I mean, interesting thing. Read the book Sapiens by what's his name uh Yuval Noah Harris I butchered his name but like uh, he talks about that that gossip was the first way that communities formed like gossip was used as a way to find communities yeah. and like sort of kind of warn people about people but anyway I really I really it's really interesting this like this sort of the this hidden thing that goes on in the drama school which is that they're they're kind of complex social or sociological spaces and it's really strange for me in my work because because the work of a voice teacher I teach acting now as well but you know whatever you're doing it's about being open and 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 
present and kind of honest and authentic in a, in a space which isn't social, which is either fictional or in some in-between space, sort of a liminal space between between the social and the actual the story, sort of pre-expressive or whatever you you call it. And in that space, people are are very sort of genuine. So I some, I've started getting a bit paranoid that there's kind of another plane going on often in in amongst students that I'm I'm maybe so blissfully unaware of and maybe that's useful that I'm not aware of it because it's not it's not the work but I think it has a big effect on people's training and I think it's I think it's it's not something that's much discussed actually maybe it's maybe yeah. it. maybe it's not necessary or healthy or helpful to discuss it but a number of people I've spoken to have have said things that have made me think hmm I wonder how an institution can even think about that or begin to to wonder about that i mean yeah i don't think i you could have like some sort of a special class where like you know you speak about these things and but i don't think yeah i guess ethics i don't know something like that i don't know what you could do about it i think it's just in my experience people who are really talented and people who kind of want to are workers they want to put their head down and work usually don't engage in these kind of things so I think that that maybe like when you're taking in people, you kind of have a way of finding out like who's there to work and who's there to sort of, you know, anything. Yeah. But I, 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 I'm, yeah, the more I, even while I'm saying these words, I know that doesn't really make sense. I don't know how you would do that. And I think people can be that way. You know, I'm not saying I'm not like that. I can like be really bitchy <laughs> when I choose to be, but I just don't think it works when you're working. It just does not help anything. Uh, so yeah, that I found... I did find that, like, it affected me also. Like, it really, I was hurt and I was, uh, there were many things I, I, I felt, uh, yeah, I just didn't understand why it was happening. But at the same time, I mean, there were people who just believed in me so much and you being one of them and, like, again, some of my other people in my year, they just really believed me, believed in me and loved me as well. And I, I'm very thankful for that. That, that you know, and they could tell sometimes when I wasn't doing so well. So, if I was to kind of summarize, and I don't want to put words yeah. in your mouth, but but the so a lot of the training, a lot of the things you did, and of course there was Alexander Technique. There were individual singing lessons. You mentioned Daryl. There was the work with John. Yeah. There was the work with the the voice department. And so, in, in most of those things, even Francine's work on period dance, you 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 responded to things things changed you you were so the technique maybe or the very technical stuff was useful to you or helpful and then there was something about yeah. the way the school was understanding what it was to have people in its in its walls who who were international students and how maybe repertoire or so the 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 kind of the failure if we were to define it that way maybe it's too maybe it's too simplistic but if there was a sort of a a failure it was to do with a sophistication and understanding how to work with somebody talented who's from a yeah. from another place. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's something which is unsolvable also in some ways. Because, like, again, as I said, like, you know, somebody from the UK coming here to work, for example, which doesn't happen that much, but it does happen. There are white actors in Bombay who suffer a lot more than what Indian actors suffer in, in, the, in India, in the UK. Uh, because... Yeah, because they're just white people. <laughs> they're not like, you know, there's not a lot of space for them to like really play like a, a Cockney accent or whatever. Like, you know, they just have to like be the white person. Because the Indian understanding of specificity is even lower than like, you know, uh, in that respect. So 
I think that that is just I don't know. I actually the, the, I thought about these things a lot, and I don't think there's an answer. There's no way. I think one answer is what I said. Like maybe we can sort of find a way to open up these avenues which you're saying are already opening up in drama schools about people being makers. Uh, but other than that, like I don't know what to do about it. Like you know, like I, when when students call me, for example, now and they want to train a guard. I tell them like very honestly because the other issue that happens is with people like us. It's very and it happened with me, but I couldn't get a visa to work there, so I had to come back to India. And suddenly, I had no contacts in India. I was like, you know, not neither here nor there. I had to work really hard for the next couple of years to kind of find the Indian sort of uh, context and like you know, and again in terms of voices, well, in terms of accents, in terms of like you know being like my. Being taken for like you know like somebody who's like from India because like spending eight years abroad does change how you speak and stuff like that. So I had to really refine that and then find the specificity. Also, I lost those four years, which I would have had if I was in India, of like you know like reading Hindi text, reading Bangla text, watching Hindi films, watching Bangla movies, interacting with people here, like you know all those things which you need as an actor. So there is a there is a problem. There's an issue there. You know like because if you want to then. Go abroad and settle down abroad, and become an actor. And you're not from there, then you will be always serving just one purpose. I feel. So you know, it's very hard for you then to like sort of. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. So, so when you when a young, if a young talented actor that you see something in that you've worked with, yeah. if if they ask you for that advice, what what do you say to them? Do you say, go, but but I, these are the caveats. Yes, I tell them that like these are the caveats that. It's it's you have to spend those three years, four years. You have to spend a lot of money. Uh, you have to like uh, you have to understand why you're training. I think if you're looking for just working, if you want international work, then yes. If you're looking to work internationally as an Indian actor, yeah, then yes, training abroad is a good thing. If you're looking to come back here to India and work, you can still go abroad, but like you will lose a lot of context. I tell them like you know these are the caveats, these are the, the things, and then even with the changes. That are happening right now in the drama schools. Uh, I don't think they're meant. I don't think they help in actors who want to come back home. I feel. I feel like they help with actors sort of who want to stay there. And because it's like sort of the BLM has changed how actors are viewed over there. That there's more space for actors to do other kinds of work there also. And like you know this, like Netflix, like did this show where they like cast like non-white actors in this period show and all that, which I think Luke Thompson was a part of as well. Uh, so those things are opening up, yes, but still, like you know, I don't know. Like I, this is maybe a controversial extreme view, but I just feel that that specificity is lost. I feel like you know, like like training there and coming back. Like even though I have used a lot of those tools to find the specificities here, like that sort of experience of that, because you don't have it there, it, it, you can't. You know, like it, it, it's it's very difficult to do. What is interesting, though, is like actually I was supposed to do an Indian film last year, which might happen this year, where uh, they wanted me to play an Indian pizza delivery guy in London. So my training at Radha will directly help me with that part because I can I can put a little bit of that like like you know like that kind of street kind of like you know but he's not fully he's not fully from there he's not fully from here so he's kind of like trying to find his way you know so so that so that is probably one of the only contexts where it directly helps you. You know what I'm trying to say, like in terms of what you're learning, yeah. what you're putting out there. I mean, I love Shakespeare to death. You know, my my one of the 
sadnesses of my life is that I didn't get to do British stage as much as I wanted to do. Uh, Shakespeare was again shown to me and like you know told to me that this was this magical area where it doesn't matter what your accent is and all that and like you know and I really took to it. I I, I know that like you know on my day like when I could like when I got everything, I was in the right headspace as well. That the way I could use the text of Shakespeare was something powerful, and it's just like I I I I couldn't do it. And now coming back to India, uh, there are some English Shakespeare things that happen, but I don't get cast in them because uh, again I've made myself too Indian again. I don't know what the what the reason is, but like I've I'll cast uh, you. I'll direct you as Hamlet. Let's do a Hamlet. Yeah, I mean I would have Curious. loved to do that. I would love to. I mean, and I just working with my students on like these Hamlet monologues or like you know monologues from King Lear and stuff like that. Oh my God! Like, there's such a treasure trove there, and I that would have been something that I would have stayed in London for if I could have like just sort of done Shakespeare. I would have been happy. And I wanted to do theatre. I didn't want to do film. I hated film when I first got into film. I'm like, this is boring. This is so <laughs> annoying. You wait all day and you do five minutes acting, and then you do it all over again. Like it's bullshit. That's why I found this crazy way of my my own way of working, mm. where I could like just be in the space and kind of make it fun for myself and make something. But uh, yeah, so I think it is complicated, I, and I think Radha and other international schools would do well to actually have somebody there. Maybe I should apply for the job of being an international advisor who kind of can kind of sort of be the person who uh, sort of speaks to people and who want to apply and kind of like gives them official advice about it and like what are the ways that you can benefit and what are the ways you should, you you will not because again the master's programs there's a lot of international students. But you know what I felt with that was that they would come for a year, they wouldn't get the best training, and then they wouldn't really get agents and like they wouldn't really get work as such. I mean, Alina Sarban is an, is, a, is an exception. Like she's doing amazingly well. Like I don't know if you remember this actual Alina. Uh, who, she was a so Alina and I were very close at Radha. She was uh, in the master's program when I was there, and she was a Romanian actor who's like won like multiple awards. Her films have gone to Cannes, similar to me. Like she's her all her films. She does independent films in Romania. Uh, she's a force of nature. She's a director as well now, and she's doing amazing, amazing work. Uh, and I think, again, because she's a maker, that that kind of like you know has has helped. But if she was just, I don't know. I actually don't know. Like you know, I'm saying a lot of things, but I I don't really fully know how it translates. You know, like being an actor from an international country to go there. And then where do you work? You know, like the, that idea of it is still quite complicated. But I don't think that there's a natural progression, so to speak, because I can't name a single actor who's gone from not the country that they were sort of raised in to a different country, and then kind of in that new space become one of the best actors there. I mean, you can go back to old Hollywood, and there were some obviously Russian actors who came up over. But I think it's just—it's all about you have to come around like when they twelve or thirteen or something. I think once you become an adult, and then you train somewhere else, and then you can choose to stay there, and you can probably do a lot of good work. But it's different from from being brown already. That's why then it comes down to again to making that specific character to become like not an archetype, not be like okay, I'm an Indian, I'm a British person or whatever, or just like making your own work where you can be a lot of these identities together. But otherwise, it's very hard. Mm. Well, thank you, Tammy. I'm, I'm, I'm aware that, that um, your time is nearly up. Would you read E. Cummings for us? I would love that. Could you, could you find <laughs> it? 
Uh, yeah, give me a moment. Of course. Are you ready? I'm ready. We're ready. Somewhere I have never traveled, gladly beyond, by E. E. Cummings. Somewhere I have never traveled, gladly beyond any experience, your eyes have their silence. In your most frail gesture are things which enclose me, or which I cannot touch because they are too near. Your slightest look easily will unclose me. Though I've closed myself as fingers, you open always, petal by petal, myself as spring opens, touching skillfully, mysteriously, her first rose. Or if you wish to be close to me, I and my life will shut very beautifully, suddenly, as when the heart of this flower imagines the snow carefully everywhere descending. Nothing which we are to perceive in this world equals the power of your intense fragility whose texture compels me with the color of its countries, rendering death and forever with each breathing. I do not know what it is about you that closes and opens. Only something in me understands the voice of your eyes is deeper than all roses. Nobody, not even the rain, has such small hands. Beautiful. Thank you so much. <laughs> Tommy, it was lovely seeing you and talking to you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I know I went on a bit and I, I know it's very hard. I realize actually while talking to you that it's very hard for me to kind of...